continue in our worship by looking in His Word, in our worship by how we respond to His Word. As we finish out the book of James, although there'll be a couple of these verses may come up again next week, but finish out James chapter 5, verse 13. James 5, verse 13. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. For the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. Brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring him back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Let's pray. Lord, we... need you to speak this morning, not merely to our heads, but to our hearts. Holy Spirit, break through in many ways with what is just a simple message. It's not complicated, but it's huge. And so anoint me afresh to speak your words and anoint each of us to hear them. And to follow through with what you have for us today. Move, work, glorify your name here. And it is in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. So is anyone experiencing trouble in life? You say, yeah, I, I, right here. Well, that's how the passage starts. Right? Is any one of you in trouble? In verse 13. Although actually that word that's used there is the same word that's used in verse 10 for suffering. So really, is any one of you, whether it's suffering, suffering pain or hardship or distress? And yes, many are. Nearly everyone goes through some kind of, of trial or tough time. And James knew the answer before he even asked it. In fact, that's one of the themes in James dealing with this, times of suffering. So what happens in times of suffering? What should you do? What does it say? He should pray. Pray. Even though some people like the motto, why pray when you can worry or why pray when you can whine about it. Most of us at some point in time, I mean, we recognize that we pray for all kinds of trials and troubles that come into our life. And the one that seems to come up the most, at least especially if we're talking about like prayer meetings or prayer requests or prayer chains, etc. Do you know what that one that comes up the most is? Yeah, I mean, we hear it. It's about our health. It's about healing over and over. It's, that's what James is talking to us right here is a prayer for healing. In verse 14, is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him. To pray. To pray for healing. We know that. We do that. 
But are we praying effectively? Is healing happening? What's the key for healing prayer to be able to work? Even as we think about this prayer, he talks about the prayer just like it is here for Elijah, that prayer of a righteous, right before that, in verse end of verse 16, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. What does it take or what do we need so that we can have an effective, powerful prayer for healing? And we're going to look at two different things this morning that the passage deals with. The first one is that we need a healing prayer that's right with the Lord. I don't know why that's only partly showing up. Uh, But we need a healing prayer that's right with the Lord. Verse 15 and 16, look again there. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Confess sins so that healing can happen, so that a powerful and effective prayer can happen. Now, that powerful and effective prayer happens because it's the prayer of a righteous man. That's what needs to happen place first. And oftentimes when there's a sickness, I mean, we might ask questions like, how are you feeling or, or, or where does it hurt? But perhaps some of our first questions before we receive God's healing is, why do you feel bad? Why does it hurt? In other words, questions that dig deeper beyond just what you're physically feeling to whether there are other issues, especially spiritual ones that are causing our illness or hindering our healing. So in the end, it comes down to this. Healing prayer is less about saying the right prayer and more about being the right prayer. Uh, I'll say that again. Healing prayer is less about saying the right prayer and more about being the right prayer. One who is right with the Lord. That doesn't mean that we're perfect. That doesn't mean that we're sinless. But right, righteous. It deals with sin in our life. That's what verses 15 and 16 are trying to say here at the end. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins. We need to recognize how sin can hurt us in this. To recognize that even in our prayers and asking for Psalm 66, 18, if I cherish sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Or in Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save or his ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. It makes a difference. While in a sense the indirect cause of all sickness is sin... Because of what happened at the beginning. Because God's original plan with Adam and Eve was not to have this, but then they sinned and death and sickness entered into the world. And James is talking, though here, not about that general sin that brought sickness, but he's talking about our personal sin, our own, that sometimes can cause sickness. I mean, we've talked about it at communion time about examining ourselves, of making sure that we're right with the Lord, because that's why many are sick, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 
Even the medical community can agree that anger, forgiveness, bitterness, guilt, worry, etc., etc., can bring about physical problems in people. But what we're talking about goes beyond any natural consequences to something that could even be the discipline of our Heavenly Father when we go astray. Hebrews 12 talks to us about that. Yet Christians keep coming back to God, reaching out their hands for healing while still holding in their hands what they know is sin, what they know is going against God's word, what they know is not God's will. And yet, oh God, can you heal these hands, this body? And then they moan when they don't get better. Oh, I don't know why God doesn't heal prayer of the righteous man is powerful and effective like so often it can be for those who choose not to forgive it's probably one of the most common ones that i've run up against in all the years of ministry of people who are sick and when they finally forgive get healed deals with forgiveness but instead they just get bitter and they don't get better. They call on God less and less and just look to other means for their physical healing rather than dealing with the issue that God is trying to get them to deal with. It's no longer just a physical thing in these cases. No doctor, no medicine is ever going to fully heal us if our physical problem is rooted in a spiritual cancer that's eating us up. Some, we think about this even as it deals with the stewardship of our own bodies, our unhealthy choices, and yet we want God to give us health. All that said, we should never tell someone who isn't healed after they prayed for it that it's their fault. Well, obviously the reason you're not healed is because there's sin in your life. you got sin. There must be something wrong. Which kind of sounds like Job's friends. Which really ticked God off, actually. Sin is not a blanket statement about every sickness. Think about the great apostle Paul. It's possible that thorn in the flesh, it seems that that thorn in the flesh that he prayed about and didn't get taken away was a physical problem, unhealed. But, but even if we, you question that, there's that sense that here's Paul, knows about Jesus the healer, knows about the power, has seen the power, is one of man of faith who can pray, was one who was righteous. And yet we read in 2 Timothy chapter 4 that he had to leave Trophimus sick in Miletus. Well, if he really was all about everybody, you know, just gets healed, then boom, it should have just happened for a poor old Trophimus and he would have taken him with him. But it doesn't always. Not all sickness is caused by sin. Jesus said that himself in John chapter 9, verse 2 and 3. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. I said, we still want to make sure that there is nothing in our life that would be a reason that is dependent upon us of why God would not answer a prayer for healing. To seek the help of the Holy Spirit in this, to speak to us, to shine His light into every corner and to pray, to pray like uh, Psalm 
139 that we've talked about before. Search me, O God, know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts. God wants to help us to get to wholeness. And to get to wholeness spirit, to get to wholeness physically may be the path first through wholeness spiritually. Verse 16, it said, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. You know, one of the ways that James mentioned to get to this effectual, this effective, powerful healing prayer to be right with the Lord is to do it by confessing our sins one to another. We don't do that a lot. In some ways, we kind of react against the way some of that's been presented, perhaps in other places. Now, obviously, we would confess to those we've wronged or hurt, but what this is talking about is to each other to those who are close to us, to our brothers and sisters in the family of God, to our Christian friends that that we're friends with, to the one-on-one accountability groups. I know there's a number of people that are involved in, in those kind of things within our midst and even in life groups, holding one another accountable. We're to carry each other's burdens. Galatians 6 says, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, those who are spiritual should restore him gently. We're to pray for each other, to be healed, not just physically, but to be healed spiritually. And this kind of thing is elaborated on in verses 19 and 20 where he says, My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. And he confessed to one another and to receive that confession, to, to hear that, uh, what they're trying to say and to, to enable them to be obedient even in this in God's word. This is something that can also be done with the elders who we mentioned were called, those who you were to call upon when you were sick in verse 14. Spiritual leaders who should be right prayers, able to encourage and counsel. In fact, we're going to give you an opportunity this morning to apply all this in just a little bit. And you should know that uh, you can talk to an elder or a pastor at any time, not just regarding this, but as it deals with healing, wanting to be anointed and prayed for for healing. It's been done in a number of different ways. Uh, often, one of the ways that oftentimes it happens is that we know ahead of time somebody says something, uh, and one of those options is after the service up front. Um, as people are leaving, the, we gather together, whether it's on the, the front chairs here or kneeling up here with a person and pray for them. But notice in, in verse 15, it says, If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. That's the good news in all of this. That's the good news we read about in 1 John 1, 9 and 10. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar and His word has no place in our lives. But let us not fool ourselves into thinking that we have a faith that is right with God and ready for healing that all we have to do is really just say some quick, we're sorry for the hundredth or one thousandth time. Like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, God, that somehow that makes it all better. And therefore, God has to make us all better. God looks at our heart. He knows whether we're sincere or we're just playing some religious game, jumping through religious hoops to get what we want, to get that healing that we want. Confession of sin 
It's not just admitting to it, but it is agreeing to God with how serious it is, how he sees it. Confession deals with turning from it, repenting. As 2 Corinthians 7 verses 9 through 10 talk about that godly sorrow that leads to godly repentance. And then the good news happens. As verse 15 talks about. In fact, more than just the person will be healed, but a person will be forgiven. But it says he'll make this prayer will make the sick person well to heal, to cure, to, to save, to deliver them, to restore the person to health and vigor. And while this is the good news that can happen, we can't say simply because my life is truly right with God in every way, that means God now has to heal me. It's not some magic formula that we're talking about in this. That if you do these steps, please don't take what we're saying in this message. And, you know, here's a couple of areas. One has to be right with God. We'll cover the next one in just a few minutes. But don't think of these uh, some steps that you have to do this, then, then you get healed. That is what idolatry is about. That is the idolatry of the Old Testament even into today. Nonetheless, we need to pray for God to be right with God to prepare us for those righteous prayers. But let's, let's move on to the second point. We need a healing prayer that trusts in the Lord. Not just is right with the Lord, but trusts in the Lord. Uh, in verse 15 again. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Offered in faith. That's what we, we want this prayer. That's what we need. But what does that mean? Sometimes we're like, do I really, do I understand? You know, it's just simple faith. To believe to the extent of complete trust and reliance. To have confidence in. To have faith in. You know, one of the things that definitely hinders healing prayer is a sin of unbelief. Jesus himself experienced it when he walked upon this earth in his hometown. Jesus could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Sometimes I think this is what we're seeing. Jesus lays his hand on a few people and heals them. But not much more than that. What do I have to do? With our faith. You know, we looked at, we've been going through James, and earlier you remember there was a part in James where you have not because you ask not. And the thing is, at times, in spite of the words coming out of our mouth, we are still asking not because we are believing not. To have healing prayer means that not only we believe that God can, but we trust that God will bring about His best will for us. Not just that we believe that God can, but that we trust God will bring about His best will for us, no matter what our problem is. I know this kind of faith, when we talk about having faith and prayer and healing, we get some people get nervous about that because you got these out there who are faith healers and cause people to doubt and mistrust this whole area, sensationalizing a focus on, a, on the human healer. And in that process, oftentimes teaching false doctrines, confusing people. 
But it doesn't make any sense for us to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And deciding that all such prayer for healing is fake or phony. Because it says right here, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. We put it with all that's there, but that still is a part of it. We can't just wipe it out. Because there's some people that are are, are doing it in a way that is not how God intended. I mean, that shouldn't surprise us because Satan wants to counterfeit that which is real from God. We should never trust in faith healers. Even that name in so many ways is wrong. We should only have faith in one healer, Jesus. So we see in James chapter 5, verse 15, that prayer offered in faith. This prayer of faith is not an off-the-wall concept. It's something James talked about earlier in chapter 1, all the way back in chapter 1 about having faith and not doubting, not being tossed back and forth, right? You remember that? More than just trusting God, that God can, but God will. We read Jesus, when he walked this earth, he healed all kinds of diseases. Look at Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 and 24 over the next couple screens here. Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. You see that? Healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and the people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures and paralyzed. He healed them. All kinds. Inside, outside. There was nothing too hard for Jesus. And there's still nothing too hard for Jesus. One of our main focus, or the main focus of the Christian Mission Alliance is upon Jesus. Jesus specifically as their Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, and Coming King. In a couple of weeks we'll talk about that last one, but right now... What we need to recognize, just as sure and certain and real as Jesus is your Savior, Jesus is your healer. This is not a secondary thing. This is not something that has less, that just as real as He is your Savior, Jesus is the healer. Let's not lose our focus of faith, our trust in Jesus in verse 14, even as it talks about uh, being, you know, calling upon the elders, pray over and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. This, uh, and when we talk about anointing with oil, this is not some special oil. It's not snake oil. You know, it's nothing like that. Now, back in those days, yes, oil was used for medical reasons, but it wasn't always used for medical reasons and not on all medical things. And it wasn't, this is not how God always heals, but it is saying it right here. And as we read, we don't want to read into this and think about it. Some people do. They think, well, you know, that that's just saying that God was only healing that Somehow the elders are supposed to be pharmacists and doctors, and they're ones that know. It's not that natural way that makes a sick person well. What this is talking about in this passage is the supernatural. Even today, it is okay. I mean, hopefully we all recognize it's okay to use medicines and doctors, in part because all truth comes from God. All truth, wherever it is comes from God. Whatever truth there is in medicine, 
or whatever truth that is there that has come from God. And as well, all gifts, good gifts come down from heaven above, those gifts that doctors and others might have in all this. And so we recognize God is still in that and he can do it that way. He may desire to do it that way to heal for various reasons. But let's face it, not only in the whole world, through the whole word of God, did he heal people in different ways. Jesus healed people differently. One he told to go here, one he did this, one he touched, one he didn't touch, one he just said the word. All kinds of different ways. And so we should not expect that God's just going to heal one particular way. Or even this one particular way they were saying, come, elders pray, anoint, heal, and then that's going to be it. That is one of the ways, but God heals so many different ways. We see it throughout his word. Unfortunately, part of the problem with this is that there are those in churches even today, even in our area, that would teach that God doesn't heal. Or some don't want to say that so much. What they want to say is that God doesn't heal in any kind of supernatural way. God heals in some natural ways. People eventually get healed, but nothing miraculous. But the scriptures and the evidence don't support that. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. James brings up the example of Elijah. Elijah was nowhere near their time frame when James was writing. And yet he points back to Elijah as an example of a powerful, effective prayer of what God can do because God was the same in Elijah's day as he was in James day as he is in our day now some would question so why anoint with oil then the answer is simple why do we anoint with oil here's the answer is anyone of you sick he should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord There's your answer. God said it. Simple. Obedience. Uh, Want to try to figure it all out? What, 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 but what? No. God said it. That's what we do. Do we do what we practice in the Christian Missionary Alliance? We're going to do that at the end of this message. The key in this verse is, is really not the oil as you see, but what's it say? In the name, as you see in verse 14, in the name of the Lord. That's what the prayer, the oil, and all of that has to do with. That it's in God that we trust for our healing. Verse 15 says something similar. The Lord will raise him up. Not the oil, not the elders, not the not being right with God, not our faith. And it's not our prayers. It is the Lord who heals. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, we read that by his wounds, by his stripes, we are healed. On the cross, he paid not only the penalty for our sins, but he broke the power of sin and, in a sense, reversed the curse. Unless we think that 1 Peter 2, talking about his wounds, we are healed, somehow is spiritual, although recognizing that's coming from Isaiah 53, what 1 Peter in chapter 2 is talking from Isaiah 53, that passage about the Messiah, about Jesus is not something that is purely spiritual that we're healed. But it is something that applies to us physically of what 
of why we are healed. We see that in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out spirits with the word, and what's it say? Healed all sick. This, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, specifically in Isaiah 53. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. It is not, as some like to talk about, just merely some spiritual healing, but it is a physical healing as well that God wants to do in our lives and what Jesus came. Some might say, you know, I did that. I tried, I prayed for someone and they died. I must not have had enough faith to pray a healing, effective, powerful prayer. But it's not the size of your faith that is important. The question is, do you have it or not? That's really what it comes down to. Sure, it's hard to have faith in Jesus as our healer if you don't have faith in Jesus as your Savior. That's got to be first. And again, people shouldn't be put down or blamed for their lack of healing because they didn't pray hard enough, because they, they didn't have enough faith. Verse 17 says Elijah had, was a powerful, that, that there was powerful prayer that took place. Powerful and effective prayer that took place by Elijah. But he was just like the rest of us. Not some special, woo, super spiritual, got all kinds of faith saint. Just like us. Ordinary person. With ordinary faith. Even Jesus said, All you need is faith as small as a mustard seed, and you can move a mountain. We need to realize that it is not the size of our faith that heals us, it's the size of our God. Healing doesn't happen because of anything to do with us but everything to do with Him. When we realize this focus of trusting the Lord, of having faith, obviously, again, we never say, well, well, I've got that big faith. I I believe. i got the faith, so God's got to heal me. i got faith. God's got to do it. You know what? God's not got to do anything. Who's in charge? Who's the boss? Who are we trusting in? Ourselves, our faith, or the Lord? Too often, our focus has gotten miss the whole point of what God wants. Our focus has gotten on our faith instead of what our faith should be in. Uh, let's respond to uh, that person who prayed earlier. Let me just respond. The person who prayed, you know, they prayed and they didn't go their way uh, for healing. When we say a prayer of faith, that we're praying a prayer of faith, it means that our trust is in the Lord, period. Not just our trust, our faith is in the Lord to heal us, but our trust is in Him. Whether He heals us now or He doesn't. Our trust is in Him, period. To trust God. Sometimes I think people come before, I'm trusting God for my healing, but not willing to trust God for everything else, including whatever He chooses to do in that moment. Are we willing to have a prayer of faith that trusts in Christ alone for whatever is going to happen? 
whether it be immediate and miraculous healing or a process that happens over time, or even if that healing does not happen here, we still believe, we still trust no matter what. Not all Christians are healed here, but we believe that all Christians will be healed in heaven when we get a new and glorified body. We read about that in in Revelation 21, about what's going to happen, everything being made new. And I know there are some that will try to argue, but, but, but that doesn't count. Healing doesn't count if it happens in heaven only. And yet we could argue that the only true and real healing that takes place is the one that happens in heaven. Are you with me? I want you to think about this. The only true and real healing that happens takes place in heaven because every other healing is temporary. Our bodies eventually will not keep going on. Every other healing is temporary. We will get sick again. And whatever happens here uh, for, for most who are 80, 90 plus years... Whatever happens eternally, forever, we are healed and whole. It is not the second best. Even in that, Philippians, Paul talks about eagerly expecting and hoping, no way be ashamed that I will have sufficient courage. Not always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death, for to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And if I am to go on living in this body, it will mean fruitful labor for me. What shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart to be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary that I remain in the body. We have a prayer of faith that's like that. Trust, truly, all out trust in Jesus only. A healing prayer of faith. Trust in Him, turning to Him first. Obviously, God can work through medicine and the medical field, but he can also work just in that moment when you pray to trust him. And not wait until you've tried everything else, but to turn to Jesus as our first resource and not our last resort. Uh, I'll try to give an abbreviated testimony. I think through this. As I gave it, but it is an example. There was a, a, a time where regularly, daily, almost, uh, I was having difficulty with my legs swelling up. Uh, and I'm swelling up to like twice their size or more, obviously with fluid and things like that. Uh, it was something that was happening. It was something that was painful. Well, uh, and I'd been prayed for. I'd elders pray for me and things like that but i remember it was i don't know if it was the last or the council before went to council and obviously in that moment there there every council there's communion and healing and i've been prayed for do you get prayed again for these things well here's the thing uh council was someplace far away we had to fly i was gonna have to fly back by the time they got to the healing session at council my legs were so big I couldn't fit in my shoes and it was painful to walk and I also knew that it was not it could be dangerous on the plane because things get even worse with uh, on with that whole pressurized thing that goes on so I went forward asked to be prayed and 
once again prayed and anointed. This time, though, someone prayed a little different. For some reason, not something I had ever thought of or, or talked about, but they just felt led to pray that God would not only heal that, but that he would heal my heart. Not my heart like, you know, love Jesus' heart. I mean my physical, that somehow this might be a heart thing. And I sensed that God did something. I mean, there was something going on in that moment. The next day I woke up, didn't have the problems with my legs. It just got better and better and better by the time I went home. And in fact, for something that had happened regularly, wasn't happening. Now, does that mean that I was healed forever of that and it never happened? It has happened a couple times. I know why it's happened. I did it to myself, you know, kind of thing. There was things that I had or... or, or, uh, Uh, I'm not going to get into it, but things that I did that I know caused that to come about. But it's not something I'm living with all the time. Something God worked in. I asked the worship team to come on up. We want to give you a chance right now for those who are here. If you would like to call upon the elders to come and to pray and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord and seek His healing, then as the worship team plays and leads us in a song, I would ask that you'd stand where you're at. So in other words, the rest of us just remain seated, unless God and you would like us to come and pray for you, that you just stand where you're at. We will come to you if there's some safety concerns, let us know um, beyond that. But let's ask God, not in some sensational or selfish way, not for our own good, but for His good and for His glory. Let's not be afraid to ask God to trust Him. And what he wants to do, because what that leads to is a full circle of James chapter five. It gets us back to the first part. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Because once you go through the trouble and you pray and you go through the healing and find God work, then you become that happy, not the, the, the emotional happy, but that encouraged, that cheerfulness that God brings. Father, work in us now. That you would do that healing. We understand that you want to heal us from the inside out. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally. But also touching us physically. So even in this moment. For those who want to come. To trust you to know that we will come alongside. To pray a prayer. Being right before you. And trusting in you. Move in this moment Jesus.